you ever thought about the words in God we trust that we see on our money? Well, did you know the story behind that? Turns out that in God we trust was not added to paper dollars until 1955. And this was done under President Eisenhower. But prior to this, in God we trust was on coins as far back as 1864, the two-cent piece included the words, In God We Trust. The story is really pretty interesting. So today on Blue Skies and Green Pastures, we're going to talk about not just the coins and the money, but the idea of In God We Trust and whether or not America still trusts in God. Or have we began worshiping a new God, the God of capitalism? Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I'm your host, Paula Adams, and I'm excited to talk about this really important topic. Because trusting in the right God is essential to your future eternal life. So before we get into the religious part of this podcast, let's go back to discussing the coinage and the dollars and the In God We Trust motto. I found this really interesting article on coinvalues.com that I'm going to draw heavily from for this section of the podcast. In this article, we learn that there was a public appeal for our nation's money to recognize God. And one such appeal came in the form of a letter from Reverend M.R. Watkinson, sent to Treasury Secretary Salmon P. Chase. Now, this was the Treasury Secretary of Abraham Lincoln, and this was in November of 1861. So the Reverend proposed the motto, God, Liberty, Law. However, Salmon Chase, or Salmon, he came back with the idea of using in God we trust. But also, did you know that the Star Spangled Banner includes the line, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. So even though the origins of the famous motto, in God we trust, had been in existence since our nation's earliest days, says the article, adding the phrase to our coins would not be easy it required an act of legislation. So in December of 1863, Mint Director James Pollock proposed either Our God, Our Country, or God, Our Trust to appear on the new two-cent piece and other coins. But the Treasury Secretary replied with the suggestion that it should be changed to read In God We Trust. And on April 22, 1864, Congress passed the law permitting the creation of the two-cent coin with the motto, In God We Trust. Some coins, however, did not have these words. 
including two famous gold coins that were designed during President Theodore Roosevelt's tenure in office from 1901 through 1909. Why is that? It was because President Roosevelt was a devout Christian and he did not want God's name on money. So, when he commissioned the artist Augustus St. Gaudens to design new coinage in 1904, the commander-in-chief requested he not include In God We Trust in the design. Among the coins that he designed are the $10 Indian head gold eagle coin and the $20 gold double eagle. During their first year of production in 1907, neither design included In God We Trust. However, the government began receiving complaints from members of the public concerned about the lack of God on the coins. So in 1908, they responded by mandating that the coins now begin to carry in God we trust. So as you can imagine, the coins that did not have in God we trust on them are probably very valuable. So that is the story of how in God we trust was added to first the coins and then later in 1955 two dollars under President Eisenhower. And I have that story too somewhere, but I want to move on to thinking about the motto itself. In those days in 1864, obviously America was still trusting in God. But would you say that it's still like that today? Or has something changed? I think most of us would agree that something definitely changed. That the world, the country of America now, has now become much more consumeristic. So if we're going to talk about consumerism, let us define it first. What is consumerism? Well, if you Google that, you will come up with many different definitions. And here's one that I liked. Consumerism believes that it is desirable to constantly buy new things, or it is the idea that happiness comes from getting new possessions. In economic terms, consumerism proposes that consumer spending is the key driver of the economy. Consumerists propose that shopping is a catalyst for economic growth and consider it a crucial government policy goal. And indeed, the Federal Reserve is very involved in consumerism. In everyday terms, consumerism occurs when people in a capitalist system partake in excessive materialism. This overconsumption is often seen as conspicuous, reactive, and wasteful. While consumerism and materialism are often treated as synonyms, they are not quite the same. Materialism occurs when you love, value, protect, and care for the things you've purchased. It is a natural human behavioral trait. 
parting with things isn't easy. You keep what you have, even if newer versions are available. When it breaks, you fix it. Materialists generally tend to hold great nostalgic feelings about their possessions, and they don't necessarily want to give them away. And they also can be a bit paranoid about having them stolen. So it's sort of the opposite of the Christian idea of holding things with an open hand. Consumerism, by contrast to materialism, occurs if you love the process of acquiring more things. You get a feeling of excitement and joy and happiness when you know that you are going to purchase a new thing. However, this feeling doesn't last long and the cycle must repeat to keep that excitement going. So as you can see, consumerism and materialism are both um, opposed to the idea of loving God and loving people. Because if we love things, then we are, we are directly going against what the Bible says, which is not don't, do not love the things of the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. However, I think it's uh, pretty obvious that loving things and working to acquire more things is pretty much the American way today. But how did we get here? How did this happen? Well... And even more important, how, what effect is this having on people? Are people truly happy? I would say no. And because of this, it is having a specific result that I will get to later. But how did we get to this consumerism and capitalism? Well, I believe that we got to it through human nature and then when inventions and industrialism provided the, the ability to quickly create large amounts of consumer goods, there needed to be someone to buy them. So marketing and media had to be invented, <laughs> which actually has always been around. It's just what we needed was the mass production of goods. So um, marketing and media came together with the mass production of cheap goods, which also included cheap labor, and included uh, the aspect of being able to transport these goods through ships and eventually railroads and then trucks so all those things had to happen for us to get to where we're at now so what will we call um, mass production and inventions and transportation and all that well some people call that progress <laughs> so I think we can find a special word that is related to progress that is part of the political landscape, which would be progressives.
And I think we can go back to the beginning of the Progressive Era, which happened in the late 1800s. And since then, we have seen this extreme focus on consumerism and materialism. Unfortunately, all of this progress has meant that people who formerly lived in small towns and on farms um, often lost their, their livelihoods because factories were now producing the goods and services and uh, even the farms became factories and so people had to move into cities and when this happened it led to the breakup of families, it led to the, the um, d dissolving of community bonds, it led to dependence on wages versus um, getting paid for what, you know, the farmer who previously owned his own land and sold the food that he made now had to work for someone else. And it meant that these people lost their land, they lost their farms, they lost their, their animals, and they became wage slaves which is pretty much what we have now. And this wasn't, you know, this isn't unique to America. This has happened all over the world with, progr with progress and industrializ industrialization. So, thanks to progress, we have a lot more stuff. And yes, we also have, you know, a, a much easier life as far as we have electricity, we have appliances, we have um, cars that can take us places very quickly, we have some amount of progress in the medical field, which I would say is a very uneven progress, because if you really think about the progress in the medical field, that is very recent. That's very recent, and really the, the main progress that we have now is understanding that there are invisible microorganisms that can cause disease and the development of antibiotics. However, a lot of what we consider modern medicine now is still actually very primitive, if you really think about it. A lot of it is just surgery, cutting things out, and throwing medicines at diseases that people still die from. Really not, the quality of modern medicine is not that great. But that's another topic. So what happened to, what else happened to the public and the world with, with this so-called progress was that people became very disillusioned. And so as as things became better material-wise, you know, more people got houses, more people got, um, you know, had enough clothes because of the mass production of goods, the, the more um, spiritual aspects of life became weakened. So now, what do we see in the world today? We see an entire generation of youth that says that they 
they don't want the religion of their parents, they don't believe in God at all, or they are turning to religions of the past. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But to me, this, is, this shows that when you worship consumerism and when capitalism replaces Christianity as the foundation in a country, then the country will begin to fall apart. And you will see that in the next generation, which is the children. And we see that in the millennials who were the children of working parents, work, you know, both parents working, children raised in daycare centers, children raised to believe that buying things was going to bring them happiness. And those millennials, um, a lot of them are rebelling and, and they're blaming their parents for this empty, you know, way of life. But actually, it wasn't started by their parents. It was started by their parents, 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 parents. <laughs> I mean, it goes way back to the beginning of the progressive era, which is perpetuated by our government and by the world system of global, the global economy, the, the um, dollar, you know, the American dollar, and all the politics, and all the military, and all the marketing, and all the media that supports the system that keeps the dollar at the top of the pyramid and, and blocking out God himself. But what about conservatives? What about conservative Christians? And what about people, you know, there are even Democrats who call themselves Christians and they're, they're trying to do the right thing. Well, yes, I'm not saying that there are no good people left in America. Uh, there are not, I'm not saying there are no Christians left. I'm describing the situation of the country in general, which is a country in decline. And on the one hand, we have Democrats blaming Republicans and saying that all they care about is business. And then on the other hand, we have Republicans saying, well, we have to protect freedom and freedom comes from capitalism. But I would say that both of them are focusing on the wrong thing. Freedom comes from keeping God at the top of the pyramid. And it's only when we turn our backs on God and begin to think that politicians, like the kings of the olden days, if we, if we think that politicians of either party are actually um, our authority and that they hold the, the power over our life, and we do not recognize that God can step in at any time and change history, then we have made our political um, party into an idol. Um, now, conservatives, many conservatives have not done that, and they truly do worship God. And I would say that our country is being held together by these conservatives. 
However, they are increasingly under attack and we need to keep them in office if we want to preserve both freedom and Christianity and our existence as a nation. If we do not honor God first, we will, we will be destroyed just like Rome was, just like every other nation that abandons God. Um, look at Egypt, you know, look what God did to Egypt to show his power way back in the book of Exodus. He demonstrated his power through many terrible things. And we're starting to see some of those things happen in our world again now. God is showing his power. But too many people are, are now, have been, um, have believed the lies that God does not exist. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And by putting, by putting their faith in secular gods, which we call idols, such as um, political parties and, as we are discussing, money, um, we, you know, we begin to see the decline of the American empire. Now, I would say that conservatives are trying to conserve something that was lost so long ago to the progressive movement that that the youth of today really don't even understand, you know, the, the true roots of America. And since we have all this history revisionism, they're not going to understand it because it's not, they're not going to learn it. And today I was studying um, Hellenism, which was a Greek polytheism and political and cultural um, beliefs from old, you know, ancient Greece, and I found it really interesting that the Jews, the Jews in Jesus's day, they were um, they were joining up with this Hellenism as opposed to actually believing in the God of Israel, and. What I see happening now is Americans doing the same thing. Their Americans have abandoned our God, our Christian God that this country was based on and um, originally by many people, the pilgrims and the Puritans. And, you know, not every single person was a Christian. I, I, I recognize that. But these Jews, these Hellenistic Jews, they were um, mixing in economics and politics into their religion. And to me, that shows that they were putting finances above God. 
And that's, that's exactly what America has done. By becoming globalist, we have, we have put making money over honoring God. And I, I see, I think what the results of that are going to be very disastrous. It, it's already disastrous. But some conservatives are trying to sync up Christianity with capitalism. However, we cannot serve God and money. That's what it says in the Bible. Um, so what do I mean by conservatives are trying to syncretize Christianity and capitalism? Um, I'm talking about that too many Christians seem to think that capitalism is what saves them versus worshiping and serving the one true God. And I think, you know, some of us need to do some heart heart searching and ask, you know, um, do we really trust God in God we trust? Do we really? Or do we trust in that money that says in God we trust? And um, how... How would we react if we didn't have all these comforts that we have, all this materialism and all this consumerism? So in the millennials and even the younger groups, the Gen Z, Gen Z I think is different, but in the young people today, we are seeing a resurgence of paganism and exploring ancient Eastern religions, which I think is a is an, a, a symptom that people are searching for God. We humans, we, we know that there's a God and we want to know Him. But they're not finding God in this consumeristic Christianity that we now have in America. So they're looking for God in the old ways. But the, they went too far back. Instead of going to go back to Jesus, they are going, they're throwing the Bible out and they're going to these old, old ways, which include um, Christ, uh, witchcraft and even, there's even a group that is, you know, trying to revive Hellenism. I mean, any old religion, you can look on the internet and somebody is worshiping those gods. I mean, there's a, a real resurgence of worshiping the Nordic gods, like uh, Thor. So, it you, you may not be aware of these things, but it's true. There are literally people who are worshiping the, the, the mythological gods that... We learned in school when we were kids that these were mythological gods. But young people today and even some old hippies are starting to, you know, return to believing that they can get some kind of spiritual something, satisfaction, peace, power, I don't know, from the study and, and veneration of these old gods. And also another one is the worship of the earth, 
which I talked about in another podcast. You can go back and scroll through and find that podcast that is telling that I talked about not loving the earth because the earth is not God. But I think that the whole um, climate change movement is a sort of a scam to trick people into worshiping the earth instead of worshiping God. And not just to, not to worship the earth, but giving people who don't have God in their lives, giving them a pseudo-religion. And that's what we see with the whole woke movement. It's all a pseudo-religion. And some other movements like that include um, liberation movements, and which is what Marxism is. Marxism is a false religion of liberation. And we also see that this can be syncretized Christianity with political leaders such as Haile Selassie, who was basically deified by the people who believe in, you know, reggae as a religion. So we have to be really careful. Um, A lot of the Catholic missionaries they brought Christianity to South America and the Caribbean islands and Africa and they spread Christianity around the world but the people who lived in those countries they did not give up their pagan and their old ways they simply added Jesus to their traditions so that's not true Christianity either um, and I learned something interesting that what, when I was wondering, you know, what do Jews believe about the Messiah? Well, I found out that they don't believe that he is going to be God in the flesh, which is what Christianity teaches. They don't believe in Jesus at all. Okay. They don't, they, yeah, they believe he was a human being. They do not believe that God sent him or that he did miracles in God's name, or anything like that. And that the Messiah that the Jews are seeking today is a political leader. They believe that he's going to be a, a certain human man that's going to come to earth and bring um, liberation to the Jews, as well as peace and prosperity to the world, and that when that happens... Um, all people will know who God is. So the peace will come because everyone will accept the Jewish God. But they will not. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe what the New Testament teaches about Jesus. So as you can see, their Messiah is very different than the Messiah of the Bible, the, the Messiah that Christians worship. And Jews also are highly political, and there are, there are secular Jews who are basically Jewish by birth, but they do not even believe in God or worship God, and they're not looking for any kind of a Messiah, but possibly looking for some kind of a political Messiah. But a lot of people don't know any of this stuff because it is no longer taught in school. Um, 
basically people today are a lot dumber than they used to be and that's because the, the public schools have been dumbed down so that people will be consumers so the only religion that is taught in schools today in with any kind of great um, fervor is the religion of buying things and and also I would say statism um, so statism which supports consumerism is what is taught in schools today no longer are you taught um, community with God as the center excuse me while I drink some water Basically, children today are being taught um, collectivism, and that collectivism helps to support the capitalism that is our national religion. And, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor of capitalism because capitalism is about the freedom to do business, but I'm not in favor of consumerism. So in the past, religion was a very prominent part of daily life and culture. But today, you don't, you don't see that. And religion has been moved to uh, private lives. And, and yet, because of that human need and that, that, that understanding that there should be more to life than buying things... Um, People feeling this lack of meaning in their life are seeking out uh, spiritual enlightenment in the new age, in philosophy, in their identity. And what we're seeing is a huge identity crisis. The whole gender identity crisis is related to a lack of understanding that People were created in the image of God. So, people seeking an identity are seeking it anywhere but Christianity because Christianity has truly failed. Consumerism uh, was slipped in as a false religion through the church growth movement. And there are the one that most people have heard of is the Purpose Driven Church Movement, which was started by Rick Warren and was very focused on church growth and taught pastors how to get more people into the church by being seeker-sensitive, by being very entertainment-oriented, by downplaying doctrine by focusing on how the, um, the church member felt about the experience instead of focusing on being biblical. Um, that these church growth uh, churches had a lot of music. They had a lot of activities, basically like a, a social club. And the focus on God's holiness and his wrath and his righteousness and his other characteristics 
um, was de definitely downplayed unless it was something that could be, you know, kind of used in some marketing scheme. Um, there was another um, type of church called a missional church model. And this was intended to get people to become, you know, there if people who wanted to do something, right? So some churches were more about people who wanted to be entertained and some people wanted to be more active. These missional churches appealed to them. So they would give people things to do. <laughs> However, um, these churches were not effective in actually helping people be dependent upon God. They were still a consumer-oriented model. And because of these, this, this church growth movement, people became, um, begin to see churches as hypocritical, you know, when they found out that some of those church growth pastors uh, were not such great Christians. And um, because there was still a lot of sin going on with um, oppression, racism, sexism, and, and I would say, you know, the acceptance of sin, you know, because sin was not downplayed, it was accepted. And we still see that today. Well, that's sending people looking for something else because that's not a that's not an effective theology at all. Um, Christians were, you know, some some of those church growth churches, some of those mega churches, or even the smaller ones, had some very you know good Christian people in them, but the the message itself was just too watered down to be really um, effective with the, with the world that is bathed in consumerism. Basically, um, you're not going to hear any kind of sermons telling you um, not to go shopping. <laughs> so uh, I think any kind of a church movement that began to speak out against consumerism would quickly be attacked. However, the truth is in God's Word. So people must be taken back to the Bible. And we can find true pastors out there. You can find true... Uh, the true message is being taught in some churches. So unfortunately, the church growth movement gave all American Christianity uh, a bad name, but in reality, it was really a minority. There are still, most churches are still good churches. So if you have been to a church that was not preaching the gospel, I urge you, don't give up on Christianity or God or Jesus. Instead, leave that church and go find a church that preaches the, the true Bible. The true Christianity starts with the gospel and then it explains how, why we need the gospel. Why did Jesus have to come? It goes back to the Old Testament and it points to the failures 
of, of humanity for 2,000 years and, and how Jesus came to remedy our failure and to bring us a, a way out of this sinful trap that leads to death. But churches, you know, progressive churches today, they won't even tell you about hell. They don't believe in hell. They don't, they downplay sin. They, they, they are literally removing all the supernatural and doctrinal teachings that can save you and that can bring you peace. We all want peace, but we are not going to get peace from consumerism or materialism. I hope you truly do put your trust in God and not in money or in any other religion because God is the only source of true peace and salvation. Thanks for listening.